Welcome. Yes, we're here back with you on UAP episode 14 of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Stephen Dean are here. Karen Curtis over there. And as always, we will have you strapped in and ready to go and stunned at some of the things you're going to hear today. Oh, indeed. I can't believe it's episode 14 already. It's wild, isn't it? That means we've been doing this for over three months. Wow. What? Yeah. So if you've been with us for the entire journey, we thank you. Thank you for tuning in and for listening and for enjoying it. Hopefully you're enjoying it. If I mean, if you weren't enjoying it, you wouldn't be listening. I would assume, unless you're just like torturing yourself. Otherwise, if you're just joining us, you could always go back and find the previous episodes on Spotify, iTunes, or 850WFTL.com, where the show lives as well. And because last week, Karen, we did Crazy California. Yes. And I know there's a lot of crazy things about California, but in particular, this was about UAPs, UFOs, uh, aliens. I mean, we talked about the battle over Los Angeles during World War II. So if you missed any of that, again, you can go back and listen. But And when, there's photographic evidence. There is, actually. It was a huge news story on CBS Nightly News in 1942. Yes. It was insane. And we started doing the podcast because the Pentagon came out and said, hey, this stuff is real. Right. <laughs> and we can't explain it, so we're trying to give you the facts and maybe you can connect the dots that was always the goal and that's what we try to do and one of the things we talked about last week was with the nimitz the uss nimitz back in 2004 that's where all this came from when it came to you know the actual government investigation into all of this and when they actually came out with that report saying yeah okay it's real and we don't know what it is there's radar evidence there's photographic evidence of all this stuff there's eyewitnesses that parrot the same thing that they saw and you'll hear some of that in this podcast right because so this week we kind of we were we were inspired by the crazy California episode because we talked about so much with USS Nimitz and things like that. I thought, wait a minute, you know, there's actually a lot of stories with underwater UFOs and talk about underwater bases and all of these wild things that were not in the congressional report. Things, a lot of things they did not address in there, which is also one of the reasons why we do this podcast. Well, we know the UAPs defy any kind of explanation. They make no noise. They can go straight up into the sky or they can go down into the water. Right. And here's one report from Hawaii, from Oahu, the beginning of this year. Witnesses saw a blue light that was in the sky and then suddenly it just dove straight into the ocean. It was uh, caught enough people's attention that the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, got involved. And I'll tell you what, no aircraft incidents or accidents reported. Just this large glowing object that fell out of the sky into the ocean. And this woman named Mariah saw it as well. Something is in the sky. What is that? Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> what is that? Well, that's the question we all ask, isn't it? She took video near um, Haleakala, near Nanakuli. Yes, I lived in Hawaii. So, I was going to say, yeah. actually, if I could just interject real quick, Karen, this is one of the reasons why I chose to open with this today because. You, Karen, actually, for those of you who don't know, lived in Hawaii. You, you were a reporter in Hawaii, so you know all of these names, all of these things that are very hard to pronounce, these Hawaiian names. So I was like, oh, we should open with this because Karen is going to nail these names. <laughs> and I also can tell you, you're going to hear one witness. She speaks what the island people... See, I was um, not from the island. I went to college there, and then I worked there, but... Uh, Island people speak uh, a different kind of dialect called pidgin, where they don't have determiners like, you like beef, brah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So I was a howley. 
Oh, is what I was called. <laughs> but so this witness, she's 38 and she did not believe in UFOs until she saw and then I was like, oh, so I didn't call it my husband then because it was all in the garage. I was like, hey, so look up there. So you see what I see. They all said, yeah, I don't know what it was. This one was going so fast. So this really just kind of to highlight, okay, what is a USO? Well, it's kind of what they're describing here. It's something that can either come up or go down into a body of water. Normally the ocean uh, is where people see these, these sightings. And that's what they saw from the USS Nimitz as well. And you'll hear that later on when, you know, in that recording of audio and video from, from the radar, from the fighter pilots, when they saw it go into the ocean. So this is what this... Witness saw in Hawaii. They had a whole news report about it there in the local news. Yeah, we have a video at the website under uh, the UAP blog. Right. And this is a Kama'aina woman who lives there. She's Hawaiian, and they call him Kama'aina. And she is explaining what happened. She said the object was larger than a telephone pole, appeared to drop into the ocean, never made a sound. Oh, the f***ing line in the water, whatever it is. Call 911 if I have, like, one cop or somebody for come out and um, come check them out. So that's the pigeon language that they speak. But gotcha. you can understand it. Yeah. And then when the officers arrived, they saw another object. And this one was a white light. My husband would look up and he seen the white one coming. The white one was smaller, was coming in the same direction as the blue one. To this day, I don't know. If you guys can find out what it was, I'll let you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> there is some... Uh... Some pigeon confusion there, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little tough. But the FAA received a report of a possible plane down, but they didn't find any wreckage. No aircraft disappeared off radar. No reports of overdue or missing aircraft or flights. So, unexplained, right? Sort of explained. It's like a UFO bar. Well, there you go. That's how you say bleeping UFO, bro, in Hawaiian. Exactly. That's how it is. See, I can I can interpret that. You did. You got it. Thank you. But yeah, so that's. Just an example of what you know, witnesses will see when it comes to a USO, the unidentified submerged object, coming in, uh, you know, coming out of the ocean, going into the ocean. But why? How? How are these things that are making no noise, have no propulsion coming out of them, now going into the water and flying through the water? Because you would assume that it's not just crashing, right? You know, they're not finding any wreckage of these things, and they're also coming out of the water as well. So maybe our government reverse engineered something, and we don't know about it. It's it's possible, but if they did, then it's been happening for a long time. <laughs> so, well, so this was this year. So in 2019, though, the USS Omaha off the coast of San Diego, it's like the same area of the Nimitz. Right. Uh, they had an encounter. Actually, their famous encounter was in 2004 was the Nimitz, right? Yeah, I can't believe it was that long ago. Well, this video, you can hear the audio of these sailors that saw a USO, right? Here they are. Yeah, we have a... Uh... 31 knots, sustained wind, top side, gust of 40. What was splashed? Splashed. Mark bearing and range. Wow. Mark bearing and range. Could you imagine being a fighter pilot? You're out there. It was for a training exercise is what they were doing. You know, it wasn't like they were at war or anything like that. So they're looking at a radar and they saw a splash. And now, yeah, right. You're seeing this thing and we'll have that video up as well. 850WFTL.com, along, of course, with this episode of the podcast and any other previous episodes you may want to go back and check out or even re-listen to. Maybe you really liked one that we did in the past. Maybe it was the Dulce Base Wars. but so, That's my favorite. Oh, that was really good. Um, but this one, we'll have the video so you can see that 
it's it's you'll recognize the radar footage because it's the one that they showed on like you know NBC nightly news and all the national right. news outlets but this is one part that they never showed actually on the news is when you see the the UFO the UAP splashing down into the water and at that point hearing them say it splashed so we'll we'll have that up as well on 850wftl.com that's kind of unusual when it because when it comes out of the water it just has like a swell. It doesn't mm-hmm. splash. So we'll, you'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But this guy was talking to Tucker Carlson, who has also taken... He's, he's investigated drank, a lot with you. He drank the Kool-Aid on yeah. this one. This guy, Tom Rogan, is with the Washington Examiner. And he told Tucker that he doesn't think that this craft could be technology from a foreign power. And here's what he says. We may well be looking at a true unknown, which is to say intelligently controlled machinery that is not understood to be in the possession of the United States, China or Russia, which are the most three most advanced countries in terms of military aviation. Yes, and he points out the Pentagon, uh, as we said at the beginning, has confirmed these types of unexplained UAPs and USOs, and uh, they're documented. And they, they're actually saying they're documenting at least 150 of them. Which is amazing. And I'm so glad he said that, too, because and by the way, just a couple of quick disclaimers I forgot to say on the website, search UAP and you'll find the the UAP blog where you can see all the previous episodes and everything that we talk about as far as images and videos from the episodes. Um, But when it comes to the sound there, too, don't get mad at us. We're not trying to get political. It's just that Tucker Carlson had on that guy. So if you hate or love Tucker Carlson, we don't care. It's just that was where the interview took place. Okay, so leave us alone. Now, when it comes outside of that, I'm glad that the guy who was interviewing there was talking about, look, this isn't something that we have or foreign adversaries have or even allies. That's the main thing. This isn't China. This isn't Russia. This isn't us. We can all look at each other and point the finger and say, well, it's not us. Well, then who is it? Exactly. That's the main question. And, you know, he confirms the Pentagon says, hey, it admits that UAPs exist. The Pentagon itself has admitted this continuing trend of, of truly unexplained things coming into the public consciousness more than they have before. Hmm. Yeah. And that's very true, which is why we started the podcast, because we know that a lot of you are interested in this like we are. And well, you have been, though. Yeah, and I've always kind of, like a lot of other people, I felt weird. I felt like, you know, that stigma of, oh, little green men, you're weird. I can't believe you believe in UFOs and aliens. And so I always tried to keep the interest to myself, quite frankly. I was, you know, I've been, I guess you could say, uh, an amateur investigator <laughs> in all this for for a while. So it's great to have the opportunity to come on here and finally say all these stories that I've been interested in for years. I think it would be egotistical for us to think that we're alone in the universe. I mean, personally, I agree with you. You know? You know, there's so much out there. It's, it's not even fathomable to me anyway to, to wrap my head around the vastness of the universe and space and the planets and the galaxies. It's just... You can't tell me can't. that there's not another planet, inhabitable planet, that doesn't have smart things on it. I mean, just, just not to get too far off track, we'll get back to the OSOs, but I mean, this. I just a few days ago I saw in the news where they said there might be a planet further than Neptune that's the size of Mars. So if we're thinking, okay, that maybe that'll be like the new Pluto, and I'm thinking to myself, you're telling me it's 2021. And we're not even uh, sure how many know. planets are in our own solar system. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, come on. Give me a break. Who was it? Neil deGrasse Tyson. He got rid of Pluto. Yeah. I, you know what? Whoever it was, I got a beef with you. I got a bone to pick with yeah. whoever decided to get rid of Pluto. Pluto. Pluto is still a planet in my book. So, back to USOs. Um, they've been spotted in Florida, right, off the coast uh, of 
Cuba as well. Some uh, petty officer based in Gitmo spotted a USO or a UAP. And it's kind of fueling the belief that these alien spacecraft are hiding in our oceans. This is his description. I noticed some strange underwater symmetry. Yeah, I thought initially runways. Two other lights popped up behind it. They started vibrating. It started, mm. And you'll hear that, that vibrating right. with the lights thing. That's a common thing that witnesses talk about. And then this guy is a Cuban ufologist. I guess you're a ufologist, too. Yeah, amateur, I suppose. UFO specialist, <laughs> right. No. But here he is, he's explaining. In 1995, there was a huge wave of sightings near uh, south of Havana. And we're talking about lots of different kind of people saw the same objects in the sky. And Cuba is very uh, intriguing, Karen, because obviously for Cuba, we can't really get over there, right? I mean, not many countries can get in there and investigate things, investigate the waters around Cuba. So it's kind of like this enigma where even, you know, as in advanced modern day technology, so to speak, it's still hard for us to actually get on the ground there and figure out what's going on, or in this case, get underwater because we're not allowed to be anywhere near it. Except at Gitmo. <laughs> right. And that's where this guy's from. Uh, and then there's this other witness, Ed Walters. He took photos, and they're saying that the photos were double exposed. Have you ever done that? I've never done it, but I've, I've heard of it being done. Well, you because I'm older than you, so I had like the little camera that was came in a little cardboard box. It was Kodak with film, and I took pictures over pictures, and <laughs> it's very weird. It's but true, though. That's it's called a double exposure, right. and they're saying that these photos were a hoax, but wait a minute. But the first photo was the one that said, this, you can't just pass this off completely as double exposed hoax. Because the first one shows the, the tree blocking part of this object. And you can't do that in a single, simple double exposure. You could do it with a so-called masked double exposure where you make a mask that blocks out the background light. But you, it'd be impossible to do that with this, one of these handheld cameras. Aha. You have to get very accurate registration between say the edge of the tree and where the edge of the object is being blocked by the tree. So now you know how to double expose yeah, exactly. a UFO. But there are a whole bunch of witnesses that are actually concurring with Ed Walters, who took the double exposure, but whatever. And there that, were a dozen other people who said they saw exactly the same thing. Several hundred people who saw something that could have been related. And so you have to ask yourself, does it make any sense to say Ed Walters' photos were a hoax, but everybody else's sightings were real? Do you think this could possibly be a hoax? No. I didn't mean to interrupt our witness there. I'm sorry. Um, no, but that is something. This So this particular case actually took place in Florida. Like you're saying, in Gulf Breeze, Florida, up there in the Panhandle with Ed Walters in 1987. So that's why the, the year there is relevant in 1987 because that kind of points to the photo technology that was being used at that time. Case in point. Right. You know, we're not using iPhones at that point and, and taking pictures. So, But, look, if you have photo experts looking at this, like the from the guy we just heard from, who would say, look, look, this isn't the type of double exposure you would see. It's it's hard to refute when you see the photo, too. The photo is very strange. We'll have that up on as well at, on the UAP blog and 850WFTL.com. And so, look, you could be the judge. That's all we're here to do. We, we present you with the stories, and you make up your own mind. But, you know, we go from Gitmo in, in, in Cuba to Gulf Breeze because these things, they connect. They're all in the same area where you're talking about a possible underwater landing strip off the coast of Cuba that was found by this, you know, topographical expert you heard from there earlier to now in Gulf Breeze, Florida, where 
we're finding and or hearing about these stories of these these UFOs that are being submerged underwater or coming up from the water. Well, it's all part of, I guess, the Bermuda Triangle, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's near there anyway. But what's interesting about Hawaii is you've got Hickam Air Force Base there, and you've got Pearl Harbor. Right. So they seem to these UFOs and you. UAPs and USOs seem to gather or fly around places that have nuclear ships and submarines and and actual weapons. So that may be why that sighting happened in Hawaii. It's always been a common denominator, right? It's it it's is. always strange. I mean, go back to any of the stories that we've covered in in the past episodes, whether it be all these different, you know, air force bases, nuclear missiles, you know, secret test sites, there's always some type of connection to a military aspect. So does that mean these are secret military experiments or does that mean that these beings, if if these are beings, that they have interest in what we're doing military-wise? Well, we have another USO sighting, Dieter. This one went underneath this guy's boat. Oh, gosh. He was traveling in a small boat from Panama City, Florida to Gulf Breeze. So again, in the same area there. Right. And this was in 2007. He was actually in a radio dead zone, and this is what he saw. My heart was racing. I didn't know if I was going to collide with the object. It was not not anything I've saw in 30 years. It was about 3 a.m. in the morning, and I was about 100 miles south of here, and I was sailing all night to try to get back to Mobile Bay. And what had happened was my depth sounder started triggering off, and I was in about 1,300 feet of water, and my depth sounder showed 12 feet of water. Huh. And I knew something was under the boat, but I didn't know what it was. When I looked over the side of the boat, the water was glowing green. I looked around the sky, and there was this light behind me that looked like a star, but it was really bright. I took a navigation head, and when I went to go look back, it swung around to the front of the boat. Mm. And when it swung around to the front of the boat, the object that was under me came out of the water and took off into the sky. Well, I thought it might have been a submarine, but, you know, because it was cylindrical, but it, it wasn't a submarine because there was no lights on it or anything, and all it did was it, it made the water around it glow a green glow. Hmm. And so, I guess... <laughs> Bioluminescence? That's, that's the first thing that pops into my head, right? I mean, there's different types of algae and things that can do that, but... I don't remember algae popping out of the water and changing depth readings on your boat and things like that. Right, exactly. Good point. And so that's Captain Keith, and his testimony dovetails with Petty Officer Howard from Cuba, from Gitmo, especially the description of how the USO exited the water. I guess you'd say the water domed in front, and then it it broke out of the water. And yet it didn't swamp his boat with a pressure wave. I was petrified. I didn't know what it was going to do. I was uh, 100 miles offshore. I was in a radio dead zone. There was no way I could communicate back to shore if anything was going to happen. That's why that splash audio is interesting, because when it goes in, it makes a splash. When it comes out, it has no pressure wave. It just makes a dome. Yeah, that's so interesting, and that's a great point you make, because normally, you think about, okay, what is a pressure wave? So you're talking about something that's popping out of the water. Think about like a whale. Okay. Yes. If, if a whale pops out, big blue whale pops out of the water. Look at any of those videos you've ever seen. You know, on an Alaskan cruise, it'll sink your boat. Yes, there's gonna you're, they're gonna have that you know big splash of water that comes out. That's gonna get all on your boat and everything and get you all wet. There's nothing like that. So if they're talking about a craft the size that he's describing, it would have created this this big splash coming up from the water, this pressure wave, so to speak. 
And he would have felt it, and maybe actually would have he would have gone under because of it. But there's nothing. So how is that happening? How is it? How is this? Whatever this is, if it's an alien vehicle or whatever it might be, even if it's our own technology, how did we figure out to essentially change the laws of physics in that matter? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we have also this last one. Stephen goes to Autech, which is supposed Ooh. to be the underwater military installation. It's near the Bermuda Bermuda Triangle. It's like Area 51 underwater and they maybe um reverse engineered some sort of advanced craft yeah there's a lot of conspiracy with this area honestly we probably could just do a whole episode on this one but it's uh it's a very strange area and again off the coast of florida because we're talking about the, the uh, bermuda triangle here yeah it's the united united states navy's atlantic undersea test and evaluation center autech you can't get in there but it does have a website so that kind of like validates it mm-hmm and it performs integrated three-dimensional hydrospace aerospace trajectory measurements covering the entire spectrum of undersea simulated warfare, calibration, classifications, detection, and destruction. Its mission is to assist in establishing and maintaining naval ability of the United States through testing and evaluation and underwater research. And again, Whoa. it's located right at the cusp of the Bermuda Triangle. What's going on there? <laughs> this place is the real deal, huh? It is. I kind of want to go over there and investigate myself because, you know, if, for those who don't know, we actually were located in South yeah. Florida where we do this podcast. So I'm very you scared. You just snorkel over there. I guess that's where they <laughs> conduct undersea war games. I guess so, because, I mean, I, I kind of want to investigate it, but if I do, I'm also afraid that I may not come back, because I may be arrested underwater by some type of secret, like, ocean police. You could be, know. because now former employees of this top-secret base are breaking their silence, and they're giving possible proof of a submerged alien base in addition to Autech. Mm. Uh, here's one guy. Couldn't believe my eyes. You know, what am I What am I looking at? What's happening? Am I in any sort of danger? Yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder, right? Whoa. If you're out in that area and you're seeing some strange things under the water. I mean, I, I think there's even been reports of, like, cables and things like that. Yeah, they're not, like, electric or communication transatlantic cables, but they have found cables. So where are those cables leading to? Why are they know. underwater there? We don't know if there's any relationship between the UFOs, the USOs, and this activity or Autech. My name is Kurt Rolette. I'm a former Autech employee. On one evening, we pulled out of the dock here. Suddenly, out of nowhere, we had a radar contact pop up directly in front of our ship that appeared to be a landmass where no landmass should exist. That's something that's patently impossible because we're in the tongue of the ocean and it's a thousand fathoms deep. Land ho! Well, wow. not really. This guy was actually with the Coast Guard in 1980, then he worked for Autech. I see. Okay. And so that was, he was out with the Coast Guard when he saw this. And so it's a landmass wider than like Manhattan. My God. Island of Manhattan. And listen to what it did to his compass, Diener. Subsequently, at the same time, the compass began to swing wildly, completely out of control. It was going wild when it shouldn't be because it's a calibrated compass and it's steadfast, you know. But he also reports there was no visual contact. Not a thing, but it was certainly entered into the ship's log as a a legitimate incident that happened on board. And that's something that doesn't go into the log unless the captain takes it seriously. Wow. And that's actually a really good point. It went into the log. So Documentation. That's right. Exactly. So we're not just giving you wild conspiracy theories here. These are credible eyewitnesses. These are things that are documented, been investigated, 
And guess what? There's still no answers to them. But hopefully you can uh, come up with some answers. Maybe you can let us know if you figure all this stuff out. It's just, it's unexplainable. Well, you know, we talked about the underground bases possibly, but it would seem likely that there would be underwater bases if indeed there are underground bases. Sure, sure. I mean, why not? I mean, we talked about, again, we, you know, we mentioned the uh, Dulce base war earlier. That's an underground base, supposedly, in the uh, New Mexico area, I believe. And then we talked about portals, which actually allow you to go from Alaska to Hawaii in one second. That's right. That's you right. Know, so there's so why all not? kinds of strange things. This guy was also seeing the same strange things in the same area as that former Autech employee. But this was in the 70s, and this was during a weapons test. This is what he saw. We were uh, in the middle of a test and recovering of uh, one of the torpedoes and I saw a submerged object that rose out of the depths and came into my field of vision and just as quickly as it arose, it seemed to just vanish. Uh, the best description I could give you would be uh, cylinders, a collection of pipe. I really should say I, I didn't get a clear sense of the length of this thing. I actually don't believe I saw either end of this. You have a limited visibility in the water. It could have been huge. It was huge. <laughs> My God, that thing is huge. But, you know, you've got trenches like 6,000 feet deep. Right, right. And our satellites can't see what's down there. That'd pretty, be a great place to hide. Pretty best. good place, right? Not a, not a bad choice if you're uh, an alien or if it's some type of secret military, you know, experiment. That's also a good place to hide. So, well, I just want to present both things. Personally, I think this is probably some type of otherworldly you know, happening that that's going on, but it could be maybe maybe it's both. Maybe in this case of Autech, because of its you know secret military installation status, this is all military secrets and you know uh, like an Area 51 type thing where they do have secret experiments going on there and secret technology. So oh no, those are weather balloons. Oh yes, but it's interesting because you've got these crafts that we've had reported that can go. You know, almost at the speed of light. Right. Well, not really, but 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 what can withstand those G's? You'd be paced, you'd be mush. You're right. And what could withstand the depths of the ocean at six thousand feet deep? That's also true. I mean, there are you know there there have been specially made like little submersibles that have gone down to the Mariana Trench, which is you know the deepest part of the uh, the Earth, which I want to say seven miles. Yeah. So you know they they have. They, we have materials that can go that deep, but it's not easy. I mean, it's not like those are readily available. It's like fish down there with a little light yeah, in front of their eyes. Yeah, angler fish. That's right. Um, but it gets really weird and interesting because Autech, Actually, yeah. you can't get in there. That's right. You can't get in there. So we have a way of getting around that. So keep, I just want to say real quick, okay, we've done some. I believe in this. I I don't see why not. We've, we've covered some, uh, well. No wrong way to say it. We've covered some strange things in the past on this show, and we happen to do that from time to time. But never men who stare at goats. Right. So if you remember the movie, was a George Clooney, right? The men who stare at goats. It was about the true story of the CIA who was working with psychics in trying to basically do what's called remote viewing. And it was something they were trying to do as far as, you know, helping to win different wars and during the Cold War, things like that, trying to... Say, all right, you're sitting here in the Pentagon right now in our, you know, secret bunker. I want you to remote view what's what the Kremlin is doing in Moscow. And that's what they would do. It's kind of like a mental portal. 
Yeah, exactly. And so they would use their psychic abilities to do these things. So that's what the movie was about, The Men Who Stare at Goats. This really happened with the CIA. Whether or not it was successful, you can make up your own mind, but they were trying to do this. Well, this guy that we're about to play... Is a psychic spy. Says he was actually one of them. Here he is. I've remote viewed for every major intelligence agency in America. I did see some USOs that were operating within the vicinity of Autech. So his name is Joseph Monagle, and he works for the U.S. military. He's a remote viewer. He even helped them out in remote view during the Vietnam War. Mm. And he has a psychic ability. It, it brings things into view around the world when you're sitting on your own couch. Yeah, pretty I much. I want to be able to do that. <laughs> so not only did he see a USO near Autech, he says that he saw a living creature yeah. Inside the USO. Yeah. And here's the description. <laughs> These particular objects that I've seen, they're uh, constructed of some metallic form. They have uh, pulsing lights on them. Uh, they're making erratic moves very quickly in the water. Pulsing lights. The kinds of mm. things that we just don't have the capacity to build. I've seen an entity twice. Definitely it's alive. I can give you a description of a three-fingered hand. Oh. It's uh, somewhat wrinkled. Uh, I've seen the what I call skin suits or the environmental suits that I think they wear over their normal bodies. So no opposable thumbs. Wow. How about that. And that would match some of the descriptions that we've heard about, too, when it comes to alien bodies. That and they can recovered. only count to six. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they have to go to their toes. Do aliens have toes? I, I don't know. That's a really good question. Good no one's ever talked about toes. <laughs> In episode 15, alien toes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it's it's wild, and I know. Look, we always say try to keep an open mind with some of the things, some of these things that we get into. You know, again, Dulce Base is a perfect example. That was a pretty wild episode we did. Yeah, Phil had his fingers shot off with a laser, and he actually was left with three fingers right? because of his fingers getting shut off, and and he's he's dead now because, <laughs> well, yeah, different causes. Piano that, uh, wire situation. Yeah, so you can make up your own mind on how or why he was all of a sudden found dead. But anyway, outside of that, it's. This is a pretty wild claim, but when you look at this this guy here who says, you know, yeah, I've actually done remote viewing for every, you know, branch of the military and government uh, in, in the United States, he was given, Karen, a pretty prestigious yes. uh, award. A medal from the Army. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he's the real deal, and this three-fingered thing, other witnesses have also stated that they saw beings with three fingers, That's too. true. So, I mean, you can look him up yourself, Joseph um, McGonagall, and you can look up his military record. I mean, the guy is the real deal. It's not like this is somebody, you know, that we found on the street and is just making something up. He He's saying this is what he did for the U.S. government, and in this one particular instance, he's saying that's what he saw. You mean like this person? Oh, that's like a f***ing UFO, boss. <laughs> Our favorite Hawaiian witness. Just yes, that's right. That's <laughs> you a full bra. That's that's how they started. Yeah, that's oh. right. But again, one actually uh, thing that was on my mind, Karen, when it comes to the USOs before we go here today, I was trying to find more sources on this, and for the life of me, I don't know why, but I could not. Huh. And but I remember hearing the story, so I can just I'll go based off of memory here. And it was oh good. I did find it very odd how I couldn't find any other sources on it. So make up your own mind on why I couldn't find any information. But I remember hearing the story that there is an underwater base, kind of like what we heard from the uh, topographical expert about this this runway that he found by Cuba under the water. There was 
uh, I guess, a landmass under the water by Catalina Island off the coast of California. Like San Diego area. Right, in that area. So again... Where there are nuclear warships. There are. And going back to California again, and we did Crazy California last week, and that's that's one of the reasons... I've actually, for in the interest of uh, full disclosure here, I've been trying to find information on this underwater base off the coast of California for two weeks. I wanted to get to it last week during Crazy California, couldn't find the info. And I'm like, well, you know what? Let's save it for episode 14 when we talk about USOs and underwater on duck, bases. Duck, go, maybe Google's... You know, I just, an algorithm. It's gone. An, an anti-UAP algorithm. Uh, yeah, really. I don't know where it is, but I can tell you that I remember hearing the story. If you want to try to find it yourself, go ahead. Of an underwater base that was seen with using infrared technology. And you can see that the, the, the ground is raised up in this one spot. And it's huge. Huh. So and, and nobody knew what it was. But again, it's off the coast of Southern California. So what is down there? And if we're talking about the USS Nimitz capturing this video of a UFO, a UAP splashing down into the water in that same area, Karen. Makes sense. Maybe it was going down to its base. Aha. Aha. Absolutely. <laughs> Good point. What about next week? Next week is episode 15, Whoa. which is amazing in itself. But, you know... There's been some weird things happening in South America over the years, including, in my opinion, one of the most outlandish, craziest, unbelievable stories that maybe we've ever talked about. Really? An alien walking the streets of Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that crash landed? Yes. And he was a little dazed and confused? Just, it's, it's, it's really something. So we're going to cover that and much more. Is there photographic evidence? Maybe. <gasps> <laughs> there is There is actually witness uh, drawings of oh, this. Oh, three, so, three fingers? I think there were. The, the big bulbous head, all that good stuff. Sure. So Almond-shaped eyes. A lot of uh, wild stories. and Really, a lot of things in South America, Chile, Peru, and of course Brazil, where they saw, they say they saw aliens walking the streets of Brazil after a crash. So a lot to get to next week in episode 15 of UAP when it comes to uh, strange happenings in South America. Wow, that's like a f***ing UFO bar. <laughs> I didn't know she was coming back <laughs> until wow, then. Like UFO bar. I love her. <laughs> There's Karen. She, may have, she might have been your friend when you worked in Hawaii. Yeah. You don't know. That's Karen Curtis there. Stephen Diener here on UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Make sure to download and check out all the other previous episodes, iTunes, Spotify, and 850WFTL.com or wherever you get your podcasts as well. Yeah, boy, this was a good one. I, I enjoyed it. If you're not starting to become a believer, stick with us because we've got more. Much more to come. So we'll talk to you again next time on UAP.